AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Corn futures were lower with wheat futures mixed and bean prices higher. You know what? It was another day with a low-range open and a high-range close, and that bean market seems to be gaining some momentum. The star of the show was over in the livestock markets. Solid gains in the cattle complex and lean hogs. Live! Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again, <laughs> again, via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this afternoon. We'll talk with Mike North from Ever.Ag. Then it's Dr. Heidi Peterson from the Sand County Foundation. And later, Professor uh, Professor Brenda Botel from the University of Wisconsin River Falls, right after the news. Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, all the way from sunny Wisconsin, the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. Thank you very much, Davis. We are live at the Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo. Uh, It's a lot of fun being over here in uh, the Wisconsin Dells, of course, and talk to a lot of people over here, dude. It's 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 been an interesting day with some of the issues that that they all want to talk about and uh what's at the top of their priority list i'm mm-hmm. adding to it i'm I, this morning in the presentation that i did on stage you know i was talking more about policy than i was about um i, I should say policy and issues more so than the markets uh matt bennett from agmarket.net was over here handling the markets again um and and i'm adding to the list of some of the issues that uh need to be dealt with going forward so it's gonna. It's good fodder for the free for all for tomorrow morning, man. That list was already quite long, Chip. You're saying now you're adding to it. We're gonna need another notebook. <laughs> we probably will. We probably will. Um, it's getting colder up here too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, Sounds there's like just we're... another month and a half of winter left. So at least That's it's not a... six weeks, right? <laughs> at least it's not six weeks. <laughs> Oh, you got it. You got it exactly right, man. Exactly. Um, you promised a hand-delivered Speedo this morning. I still haven't seen that. Did my guys? Oh, yeah. you know Dude. what? Oh, they may have gotten yeah. held up. <laughs> they were probably trying them on and uh, got carried away. I don't yeah, know. kind of dropped the ball on that. They probably just yeah. went into the water park. That could be it. That yeah. could be it. Yeah. You got to test them out. Away. You got to test got them out. carried away again. Doggone it. All right, man, let's get to the news. What do you got? Chip, wheat export sales in the weekend of January 26 totaled just 136,000 metric tons. That's half the pace of the last four weeks of sales and was well below the low end of trade expectations. That clearly erased some of the momentum to the upside correction as wheat futures attempt to recover from oversold conditions. Egypt made an appearance on the buyer's list, switching a cargo of wheat previously sold to unknown destinations. March SRW futures did trade to the highest level since January 4. Chart watchers note tough resistance in front month. Soft red is layered just under the 775 level. March HRW wheat futures three and one half cents lower, 880 and three quarters. March soft red wheat futures one and one quarter cents higher, but 761. 
March spring wheat closed at nine twenty-four and three quarters, down one and one quarter of a cent today. Egypt. Egypt is back on the buy list. You know, it was probably unknown destinations before because we I think we'd forgotten that Egypt bought wheat from the United States. Hmm. It wasn't that long ago that the Wheat Association closed their office in Egypt because we weren't doing any business with them. Hmm. Now, hmm. here we are. We've got a cargo sold to Egypt. It could lead to more. Well, corn export sales in the weekend of January 26 of nearly 1.6 million metric tons were well above the top end of trade expectations. Mexico was the lead buyer, China second on the list. Mm-hmm. With China on the list, March corn pushed through resistance at yesterday's high, which triggered a round of profit-taking in the form of long liquidation, sending prices to a low-range close. Offsetting support from the late January surge in corn demand was word that Brazil exported a record 6.4 million metric tons of corn in January. And, Chip, that's up 45% from yeah. last January. March corn futures five and three quarters lower, 675 and one quarter. May corn down five and three quarters, 673 and three quarters. July corn futures closed at 663, down a nickel today. What do you think China's getting going here when they are uh, buying corn from the U.S. and buying corn from Brazil? It sounds like they're back into a stocks building program. USDA reported soybeans crushed in December totaled 187.4 million bushels, slightly below the average pre report trade estimate of 188 million bushels. That was also down from the 189.5 million bushels crushed in November. Soybean export sales weekend of January 26, 736,000 metric tons. Low end of trade expectations there. The forecast for Argentina calls for more stress on the bean crop. And that lifted soybean meal futures and then pulled bean prices higher. March beans 14 cents higher, 15.34 and one quarter. May beans gained 11 and one quarter cents, 15.27 and three quarters. July beans closed at 15.18 and one half. That's up 10 and one half cents, Chip. New contract high in March soybean meal today up seven dollars and ten cents four ninety one eighty. March soybean oil was up just fifteen points. Cotton export sales one hundred seventy one thousand bales down from the previous week, but still above the four week average. March cotton seventy points higher today eighty six thirty six. On the livestock side, a beef export sales of twenty five thousand metric tons helped live cattle futures reach a new contract high. Feb cattle 132 and one half higher at 159.75. Wow. March feeders $2.67 and one half higher, 185.92 and one half. And on the snout side, pork export sales of nearly 31,000 metric tons helped Feb lean hogs open on session lows and close near session highs. Feb hogs were 137 and one half higher, 75.35. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. Hey, Oliver, how's it going, man? It's going well, Chip. How about yourself? Doing real fine. It feels like the bulls in the cattle complex have kind of got their mojo back. What's happening? They, do, I mean, it's a full-blown yo-yo effect in the in the livestock market here to start the new month of trade. Down sharply yesterday, bounced back strongly today. April fats making new contract highs, so the momentum and, and the the technicals are certainly in the bulls' favor. I really want to see cash really get going to to get some real upward momentum going what i'm afraid of is the funds holding a rather large net uh long position the cash market stalling out and that creating some long liquidation i think the outside markets have really helped over the last 24 hours to provide some support to this cattle market so 
uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, but we need to see that cash continue to firm up to to get more upside in the futures. Yeah, we've been waiting for like five weeks on this cash market to come along on the ride, and it it's been it's slow a, to happen. It's a, it's a stick in the mud, but yep. uh, I know a lot of people out there are still optimistic that it'll come. Yep. Okay. Caught a bid in the hog market today too. That's encouraging. Yeah, we haven't been able to say that uh, too often here over the last couple months. I'm I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to a risk reward situation in the lean hog market. Yeah, you know we're deeply oversold there. We've got funds who are, are net short lean hogs. This is the first time they've been net short since 2019. Last time they were net short, they were not net short for long, only about a week. So there's a, a potential for a short covering rally if we can get out above resistance for April. That comes in at about 87.50. Also, there's a bullish seasonal play that kicked off earlier this week in the August lean hog contract. So you've yeah. got a few different things that could potentially be a tailwind for this market. All right. AFC or NFC in the flag football game? Who do you like, Oliver? Oh, man. I, you know, I... I threw. I used to be a Chiefs fan, but I gave up on them way too early. So I feel bad uh, jumping on the bandwagon, <laughs> but I'll do it. All right, gotcha. Good stuff, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Take care. That is Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. All right, coming up next, he's just sitting down right now. Mike North, Ever Ag, up next, right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. And the conversation today is taking place and uh, at the Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo at the Wisconsin Dells. Thanks very much to the Wisconsin Corn Growers uh, and, of course, the um, uh, Wisconsin Soybean Growers for inviting me up here and and give us an opportunity to provide coverage from here. We're going to get into a conversation with Mike North here in just a moment. First, let's make time for this industry spotlight. Pat Maluli is with the Soybean Marketing Board. He joins us right now. Pat, how are you, man? Doing well. Beautiful day to be uh, inside inside with uh, <laughs> fellow growers and learning and yeah. a little camaraderie going on. Yeah, absolutely. It feels good after a couple of years, doesn't it? For sure, yeah. You, you can feel it in the room. I, it was time. It, it, th- this meeting has always been one of my favorites, just simply because there is a volume. And boy, it, when you get them as active in the conversations as they are, this is fun. Yeah, exactly. We have a, a record turnout, I think, is what I'm hearing. And wow. nice to be back together and just the camaraderie and networking that growers have got going on is, is huge. Okay. 
Tell me about the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Yep. So um, seven-man board in the state of Wisconsin in, uh, in charge of investing all the checkoff dollars, um, or at least half of them. The other half go to the federal USB. Yep. And um, so, yeah, we're investing those checkoff dollars back and finding new markets and uh, research. We have a strong extension here with Sean Conley's program down at the UW. Yeah. And then uh, Damon Smith and Rodrigo, the wheat scientists. And the, um, so, yeah, we have... A lot going on in the state for sure with those guys on. What what what's the the top thing that you want Wisconsin soybean growers to know that you're doing? So number one, we had to change up. We lost our executive director a year ago, yeah. uh, Bob Carl. So number one is finding new staff, and, and we're working diligently on that with the job market. A little bit yeah, tough, he was a good one. Yep, yeah. uh, 32 years on yep. staff, so it's, we can't replace that, but we'll uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, the other thing, we're Port of Milwaukee. We have some uh, studies. And, projects going on over there trying to find some new new markets going out of that port st lawrence seaway so that's new to us um working with the city of madison with some biodiesel projects and their fleet yeah, of trucks i've heard about this yeah. this is interesting tell me more yeah so they're they're happy with what they have going on there's some heated fuel tanks and yep. trying to get the suppliers to to, to supply them and, yeah um so they're happy right now hopefully we can get some more on that here as we go and and Good. kick that off a little bit but Good, good. What's got you most excited about marketing opportunities for beans? Uh, um, well, the other thing we've, it, it was back to Bob. Uh, yeah. It was always his dream to have a crush plant here. And we, we did a feasibility yep. study a while back and we kind of took a different stab at that. It's like, why isn't it working in Wisconsin? And we have uh, some folks working on that to say, what are we missing? Is it something logistically or infrastructure? What do we need to make that happen? So um, I'm hearing some rumblings that we might have a little spark there. So. Hopefully Outstanding. That could happen. So. Outstanding. That's good stuff. All right, Pat. Hey, thank you so much for coming by, man. Thank you. You Have bet. Pat Maluli. He's with the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Mike North, Everdot Ag. How are you, Mike? Doing well, man. Welcome to God's country. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I get up here in your part of the world every now and then. Every time I come to Wisconsin, I think I run into you. (laughs) It's a small state. (laughs) We're big guys. (laughs) It's hard hard to avoid. Hard to avoid. So uh, what what are you talking about in your breakouts today? Today we are going to talk about wrestling with volatility. Yeah. And just kind of picking up on uh, this... You know, whole topic that I think over the last few years has grown many very weary. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we can change some opinions about what it means uh, to the farm financially and just how you work through that. Okay. Volatility in the month of February has a different meaning. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, my, uh, my grandma always said, you know, don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, uh, yeah, that's volatility in February usually. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of good stuff there. No, but, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, the other thing, well, the other thing that I'm thinking about besides staying away from the yellow snow <laughs> is the influence on your crop insurance. Yeah, that's a fact. You, you yeah. know, a year ago, there we had good prices and the volatility was okay. And then at the end of the month... Russia invades Ukraine, Explodes. and volatility just goes off the charts. Exactly. Costs farmers a lot of money. Yeah, that's a fact. So if we can slide through the month of February without an, without Russia invading Ukraine again, I know. I know what the situation is. That can help us out a lot if we can manage that, that volatility down. It is plausible that we could take the February average to levels that were higher than yep. last year, uh, you know, when you on compile corn and, corn and beans, beans, 
with less volatility. Yep. Meaning yep. less premium in your in your uh, invoice on higher coverage. Uh huh. That's a fact. Yep. I kind of like that combination. It, it, it's a it's a really really good spot, and I will tell you that as I've traveled the nation in the last month and a half, mm-hmm. talking to different groups, the thing that I'm really challenging guys on is to look at this very differently. Because we have some really great opportunities. And even though yep. the profit margins aren't the same as last year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, this volatility uh, combined with price uh, opportunities. Yeah, huge. we started to have that conversation some with Jared Creed yesterday on the show. And you, you look at your 21 and your 22 coverage and your crop insurance decision, you could cover your production costs with that crop insurance coverage. Are we going to be able to do that on 23? No. No. See? So it changes your whole decision-making process, doesn't it? You have to be much more assertive. You have to engage the market in a way you haven't the last couple of years. Yep. It's going to require some, you know, sharper pencils, but uh, worth the effort. Okay. So 595 is where the Dece 23 corn closed today. Yep. We had the November 23 futures at 1370. Just call it thirteen seventy five and six dollars. What what does that mean for us as we get into the middle of March? What kind of decisions are you going to be working with your guys to make? Well, obviously everybody's working through cost structures right now. Yep. What's it really going to be? How am I going to play? Uh, we're really challenging guys to you know dial that in as tight as you can. Perfect. But you know where we're going to want to be is you know i think a little bit further down the path of getting sales made to accommodate those costs of production and making sure that you know we're you know looking forward into a summer where you know what we could really rebuild the balance sheet globally as we walk our way out through this coming year are you prepared for what that means as we yeah. head towards fall and so uh definitely taking a little bit more aggressive posture than we have the last couple of years okay with that in mind, an aggressive posture. If you're a guy that's thinking, geez, I hope we get to the end of February with a 595 average on D's corn and, and a um, uh, 1370 average on November beans, what can you do right now to kind of hedge that and make it happen? Well, there's a few different strategies out there, and I'm, as you know, always a big fan of options. Yep. And there's definitely some spread opportunities right now for guys as they're, you know, trying to hone in on the current price, waiting to see what their selling opportunity is. Uh, you know, I, I love put spreads in here. Um, you know, I love call spreads against short futures, kind of your synthetic puts uh, setup. Uh, you know, because the vol is backed off of the market some, you can you yeah. can package together some pretty nice spreads for low cost, which this yep. year with cost production elevated, yep. lower cost structures are going to be very, very important to maintaining profitability after you've pulled the trigger on your hedge. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. So, so some put strategies are there or keep it really kind of simple and just go with a short dated Put. I like those, and yep. you know we've been using certainly a lot of those. They cheapen it up. The big thing that guys have to be careful with there is making sure that they're laying that against bushels that they're either going to get sold soon enough, yep, or they're budgeting for extra premium on the backside of expiration Perfect. to carry them to harvest. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Love it. I can't believe we've talked already. We're, we've only got about two minutes left here. What are you thinking on the markets? What are you looking at? What's what's driving your decision making? 
Well, you know, the big three right now are, you know, the, the weather in South America, mm-hmm. although I'm still perplexed by the fact that we talk about Argentina every day and yeah. not so much about Brazil because, uh, you know, the gorilla, or the ele- you know, the elephant in the room yeah. is, is going to be uh, Brazil with a much bigger crop. Yeah. Um, you got Ukraine, and you've got this whole export discussion, which has gotten more interesting with Mexico now. But ultimately, I think as you look at the bigger picture, we could chop here because our balance sheets are tight enough. Nobody on the buy side of this market is going to let it fall too far without finding a value in it. But once we can start to prove to the world we're adding a crop, that's where things start getting really dangerous. And, you know, yep, they're talking yep. 92 million acres of corn. What if we actually get a trend line yield this year? <laughs> okay. It softens things up. I mean, that's a 2 billion bushel carryout. Yeah. And so, you know, 2 billion bushel carryout, the last time we had it, put a forehandle yep. on the corn market. Right. So that's something that certainly, I think, should be on the top of everybody's mind right because we've got rain coming through the winter if this pattern carries we actually might have rain and growing season and not as much stress so absolutely big things to watch but i think we just need to be mindful of the fact that our buyer our consumer is in a different state of mind in 2023 than they have been the last two years i feel like we could we we could yeah i feel like we could talk for the next two hours mike where do they go for more info from everag www.ever.ag. It's pretty simple. You betcha. Mike North, ever.ag. We'll be back with more AgriTalk from Wisconsin next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Stonex raised its Brazilian soybean crop estimate to a record 154.2 million metric tons on Wednesday. The firm also forecasts Brazil's corn crop at a record that's at 129.9 million metric tons. Global potash prices fell 25% in the fourth quarter of last year as farmers curb consumption and inventories build. According to the Wall Street Journal, the employment cost index for the 2022 fourth quarter released just this week showed compensation up 1% and 5.1% over the preceding 12 months. The Bank of England raised interest rates another 50 basis points. That's the 10th rate hike. And the Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow insists she will not agree to any cuts to the funding she got for climate-related farming practices News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more with TryProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. 
in the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. And welcome back to Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo. I'm Chip Florian. Glad to be here. We're having a lot of great conversations. Davis, real quick, let's go ahead and recap yes. where the market's closed, okay? Chip, March, hard red winter wheat futures, three and one half cents lower, eight eighty and three quarters. March, SRW wheat futures, one and one quarter cents higher, seven sixty one. March, corn futures, five and three quarters lower, six seventy five and one quarter. July corn closed at six sixty three. That's down a nickel today. March beans, 14 cents higher, 15.34 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 15.18 and one half, up 10 and one half cents on the day. March cotton, 75 points higher, 86.36. Livestocks, February live cattle, a buck 32 and a half higher, 159.75. March feeders, $2.67 and one half higher, 185.92 and a half. And February lean hogs, a dollar 37 and one half higher today, 75.35 on the close. That's your quick market week. Help! <laughs> Back to you, Chip. Thank you very much. All right, Davis. Uh, now let's make time for this industry spotlight. Joining us now is Ryan Ripp from the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board. Ryan, welcome. Yep, thank you. All right, tell me about the Corn Promotion Board. What do you guys do? Yeah, so what we do is we we not we basically place where the uh, dollars come in from the checkoff, and we repurpose them into research development and kind of get you know our products out there to get more development and, and more market share for us to figure out where we can put the corn. Yep. you know, for the grower. Absolutely, on the research side of things, you look at how the spending has gone. Well, it's not that it's gone sharply lower at USDA. It just hasn't increased at the rate that it's increasing around the world. The industry has to do more and more of a research on their own. Right, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay. What's the number one thing that you want corn growers in Wisconsin to know about what the um, board is doing? Yeah, so we're taking your dollars, and, and we know you earn them. They're, they're a hard-earned dollar. Yeah. And we take them, and we t- put them back into, you know, so many different projects and, and research develop, you know, research programs uh, to, see, to see what's next. You know, we want to we want to make the next corn plastic. You know, we want to build another market share for ethanol or you know an, you know export. Yeah. You know, figure out where we can get do it do with that. So very good, very good. Any single project kind of got you really excited right now? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've lately uh, done a lot of marketing clean water ads for yeah. uh, Wisconsin. Um, that's a big hot topic in our area, um, in the in the whole state really. Um, where I am in Dane County, it's it's very hot because yeah. we're in the Madison Chain of Lakes. Um, so for us. You know, making sure that we're connecting the that normal population, the civilian population, to the farmer. You know, yeah. we we want that urban urban aspect that hey, we're here for you too because we share the same resources. Yeah, it's wonderful. The clean water efforts of the promotion boards in a, across the Midwest. Okay. It's really really good. You know, there's got to be whiskey involved someplace. Isn't oh, absolutely, there? absolutely. Yeah. So we did a we did a program with uh, Jay Henry, and uh, what we did was uh, we had a bunch of industry folks from conservative you know or conservation programs and uh we got to meet with them they got to ask us a bunch of questions there was about six farmers there uh 50 people from the industry out there and normal you know madison mom group uh, milwaukee mom groups yeah and they're concerned about you know the cleanness of their water you know they're worried about fertilizer and everything else and and we just (laughs) reassured them hey well, we're sharing this whiskey. This came from the corn products. So, I mean, we're, we're making it work. We're That's keeping wonderful. it clean for all of us. That's exactly so, right. Yep. Exactly right. Ryan, good stuff, man. Good job. Thank you. Thanks. All right. That is Ryan Rip with the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board. All right. Joining us now, I'm looking forward to this, Dr. Heidi Peterson. 
Um, she is the Vice President, Agricultural Research and Conservation at the Sand County Foundation. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Tell me about the Sand County Foundation. So the Sand County Foundation, um, I think it's the greatest uh, nonprofit or the the, the uh, largest nonprofit that has never been heard of in terms of like so many uh, uh, so many individuals that I walk up to they wonder what is it that you do so we're based out of Madison Wisconsin but we're a, a conservation fo- focused nonprofit um, we work at the intersection of agriculture and the environment yeah um, we have I say we we're small but mighty and that's why I joke that we're uh, mm-hmm. you know few people have heard of us in the sense that um, we we get out there. We have maybe 30 people on staff, but we're national. Yeah. Um, we have our Leopold Conservation Award in over mm-hmm. half of the states right now. have awarded over 170 conservation uh, stewards on the land. Uh, and, and they're the, the real champions of the work. We also have the on-the-ground team. Uh, that's what I oversee. Okay. And we take the ideas that are coming out of the universities and make it actionable on the landscape. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An idea is one thing. An yeah. idea that works is completely exactly. different. Yeah. So I like to say that we, we, we take the published literature, mm-hmm. we dust it off, and we put it into to, uh, in, into work. You know, yep. we make it pra- uh, practical and, and uh, actionable because... You know, there's a lot out there that farmers are wondering, is this really going to work in my backyard? Yep. And so we try to set up projects to make it happen. Okay. To me, this sounds like a lot of old school work. In mm-hmm. reality, in reality, this is a data-driven effort, isn't it? It truly is. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you about one of our current projects that we're working Perfect. on. It's, uh, it's a, a farmer-to-farmer outreach project. It's all the all across Wisconsin and Minnesota. We're working with 30 farmers and they're all paired up. Okay. And, uh, you know, and they, it was, it, I, I, it was like an invitation only in a sense that, okay. that we would target uh, certain farmers and then they would go ask their neighbors, do you want to be part of this, this okay. project? They get real, real time data, uh, soil moisture censored data. So it's, uh, the, the moisture, the temperature, it goes down to 40 inches Okay. and they're able to see the changes that they're making on their land. How is that influencing infiltration? How is that hold, hold retaining moisture mm-hmm. during the drought period? So we're trying to work up, you know, that understanding of how, uh, soil health helps for resiliency. Yep. And, and it's really cool because it's eye-opening. Yeah. So it's we, we call that one the show me the data because yeah. it truly is showing the data. You don't have to only wait till the end of the season where you're comparing yields. You're looking at um, what's happening with the, the organic matter, the soil carbon, and then also your infiltration and retention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, the retention, we always talk about the retention. Mm-hmm. But I've seen more crops lost to too much water than i have to too little water and it helps in the management Mm -hmm. of of those periods where you are dealing with excess rains right yes and and exactly because if you look at uh immediately following a high intense rainfall event Mm -hmm. if you have a a soil that has compaction because of years and years Mm -hmm. and years of tillage and you compare it to the neighbor who has done a reduced tillage system, maybe in, started to integrate some cover crops. Yep. You can actually see in these graphics that the um, the water is actually infiltrating yep. below that plow pan, and and it's it's 
it, it, it's enough to see, make the change. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. And it, it, it's all got to come into something. It's something that I kind of think about as precision conservation. That exactly. I've kind of been yeah. dealing with mm-hmm. that. You've got, you call it performance-based conservation. Yes. Explain yeah. that concept. Okay, so um, performance-based conservation. So let's take that project and, and move it one step further. You've heard a lot about carbon credits Absolutely. and all of that. Well, one of the things that's going to make something like that work is if it's local. If, if the farmers are really understanding the benefit to the changes that they're making on their mm-hmm. land for their, their own purpose, for their productivity, but also for their water resources that are the recreation. And so if you um, can do, like you said, the old school conservation, walk the land, identify, okay, you want to put in some, some cover crops, where should we do it? Prioritize. Yep. Point out which fields might work. Go back to the office, crunch some numbers, go back with that data and say, you know what, you're going to get your, your biggest bang for your buck on this field. And here's why. Because this is the field that you're applying your manure. If we mm-hmm. put the cover crops in, it's going to help hold that manure back, less running off, more money in your pocket. And it's a win-win situation. And at the same time, then those farmers can also be talking to maybe a municipality that needs to do some compliance offset trading. And so the phosphorus that they're holding onto their land then can be a credit for yep. the municipality who who is trying to prevent the upgrade of their uh, infrastructure. I think, it, you know, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It just makes all the sense in the world. And the other thing is everybody has that one field where, it is, say it's an 80-acre field, there's four acres that it doesn't matter what you do to it, it's not going to make a crop. It costs right. you, and it's not big enough that you pull up the planter, you stop the sprayer, you, you know, you're putting fertilizer on it and everything, and it still doesn't make you a crop. It still mm-hmm. costs you money. You can raise the profitability by taking that four acres out yes, and not putting anything into it except for conservation efforts. Right. You can identify those spots with this type of an approach, and it, it makes you more profitable on fewer acres. Mm-hmm. Yes. We got to keep stuff like that in mind, too. Exactly. And that's, that's why I, I, I appreciate being here today and having the conversation with you because we're looking for collaborators. You know, that's the thing about San County Foundation. We work directly with farmers to, to try these programs out, and we are recruiting right now farmers who okay. want to have performance-based conservation and on their land. And not just in Wisconsin? Um, well, we have projects currently in Wisconsin, okay. but we do work on the ground uh, nationally, so we have the opportunity for uh, for scaling up, for so sure. So where, where can the listeners go for more information? So they can go to sandcountyfoundation.org. And um, the, all, all of the projects are listed. The contacts for the projects are there. But um, my name, again, is Heidi Peterson. And I could be contacted at Heidi Peterson at sandcountyfoundation.org. Outstanding. Outstanding. I love the work you guys are doing. Um, and th- there are so many farmers out there right now that are looking for that, eff- that effort that they can take forward in the sustainable way so that they can qualify for some things. Mm-hmm. Boy, you've done a lot of the work that needs to be done, a lot of the research that they need. Thank you so much, yeah, Heidi. Appreciate you. you. Pleasure to be here. All right, we're going to be back. Talk a few more markets next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Davis! Yes, Jim? This is what I was playing when I was making the, my rounds around the water park here. I had a little Hanson sounds going. Right. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Party <laughs> up. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are tapping into my playlist again. I'm telling you. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Wisconsin Corn and Soy Expo. I'm your host, Chip. Glad that you are with us. And we're going to have a conversation about some of the markets. And we might hit several markets here right now with Brenda Botel. She is a professor and a chair of the Department of Agricultural of Economics at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. First things first, tell me about the department there at, the, at UW River Falls. Uh, well, we have an agricultural business major where we have um, slightly over about 130 to 150 majors that are majoring in ag business, which is, um, and then most of those students end up with some technical area of emphasis of agriculture. So they come out knowing a lot about production, um, whether it's corn and soybean production, maybe it's animal production, something like that. So Okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, you're here doing breakout at the at the expo talking about market outlook. I want to just start with corn if we could and 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 well, you know what we you can't really talk about old crop marketing on corn if you don't also talk about it with soybeans. Let's talk about 22 crop. What's what's the attitude there? Well, we've seen with, with 22 crop, you know, after that January report that gave a lot of that gave some bullish news to the market yep. because it really saw that those supplies are a lot tighter than what we had previously kind of anticipated. Mm -hmm. They cut that production. Um, that kind of gave some boost to those prices there. So although there isn't necessarily, like, especially in the side for corn, maybe a lot more new bullish news. So mm -hmm. it might come down slightly. It's still going to stay pretty high because of that tightness of that supply. So when I'm looking at it from a marketing side, um, hopefully you've already done some pricing and some forward contracting yep. or so or sold some of that. Um, but if you haven't done so, there's still potential for it to go up a little bit more or to stay pretty flat. So there's just to be looking at those markets there. You know, we, we always wonder, what's, what's going to prevent a seasonal from working? Okay, that's, that's kind of how I always think. And, and now I'm back into Davis and I were having this conversation earlier this week. What's the probability that the seasonal will work? I don't know what's going to stop the seasonal of... You know, some February strength in this market from happening again. Right. You know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm bullish on both of the corn okay. and the soybean right now. So um, I think that there's potential for, you know, we've got, especially on soybeans, I mean, we've got really strong crush out there. 
we have, you know, d the exports have been been maintaining and being strong. Better so than what USDA ha give, gives yes, them credit then, for. Exactly. Yeah. And so when we look at that really strong demand there, um, and then just that tightness of that supply, I just don't see on soybeans really a lot of potential for it to go down until we see something with planting intentions and having a okay. lot more acres than what we would expect. Which gets us to the 23 crop and the marketing. What do we need to be thinking about on 23 crop marketings? Well, it really is kind of when we're looking at 23 marketings. Um, you know, given the idea that we'll probably have more acres, and mm -hmm. particularly on corn, those acres that we do get, that we're going to have a greater percentage that get harvested than what we had last year, right? right? So knowing all of that, assuming that there isn't this drought, next year's overall, so the, the marketing year for 24, that overall average farm price is going to be lower okay. than what we saw for the 23 average farm price. So it's one of those those options where I don't, I would not be looking right now to price anything, but it is something to be paying attention to on that market if you want to look at some of that forward contracting, particularly paying attention to a little bit of that before those planning intentions come out and see where those intentions are for the acres. It feels like one of those years that if you all of a sudden you get into May and we're, the crop is going in the ground and you're feeling pretty good about your yield potential, to me, it's feeling like one of those years where you, you, you don't want to be the last to start your new crop marketing plan, do you? No, not yeah. at all. Because what what exactly in that case, where and especially when we look at, we have a, a large net position of longs, in, especially yeah. in soybeans. Yep. You know, so when, when, that, when those start exiting that market, when we start getting some news on what's going in there, that's going to drop. And when it does drop, it's going to go down pretty low. Yeah. It's going to go pretty quickly. You know, and, and uh, Mike North from Everdot Ag was just in, is on earlier in the show with us as well. And he kind of complained a little bit that, you know, every time we talk about South American production, we're looking at Argentina and the drought and the, how the drought might be coming back and the stress is coming back. We can't forget that there's the biggest ever bean crop grown anywhere in the world coming out of Brazil. Why and not? that's going to be a challenge. It is. It is. It's. Uh, it, I mean, we have... You know, China, China's starting to increase their imports, right? Um, yep. Again, as we see that, but, you know, we have a, they like Brazilian beans and Brazil's coming on with a production and they're going to have a lot of beans. Yeah. And then we've also had issues in the U.S. beyond, beyond just having a shortness of supply. We've had, you know, this last year we had issues being able to transport them, you know, the river yeah. was drought. We yep. had all those issues that played into that price and so it, it's going to be impactful as far as those exports. Fantastic. Okay. On the corn and soybean side of things, uh, those that go to your breakout, what do you hope they really take home with them? What's in their head? Um, I really just kind of want them to be paying attention to some of the the, the information that's going to be playing out in the next um, next few months that we'll see, you know, what's kind of happening. You, you get all the basics of what's happening in the Ukraine, what's happening on the weather side and that. Yeah. But it's kind of how does that play into um, for for them, um, when do they need to start looking at the market? When do they need to start yeah. paying attention to be able to try and price that? they got to look at what it's going to mean to the balance sheet and the bottom line of the balance sheet at the end of, not this marketing year, but the end of the 22-23-24 20, marketing year. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it's those margins, you know. We yeah. look at input costs. We look at that. So, you know, as, as those input prices are maybe coming down yep. a little bit, what's that mean for those profitability for corn? I'm going to do it to you. i got 45 seconds. Give me the trends in the protein markets. Boy, the biggest thing is in the protein markets is the consumer, the consumer okay. side right now. Um, we're going to see decreased 
on production side, we'll see less beef, we'll see less pork in 23. But the concern is that we're starting to see less um, consumer demand, yeah. a weakening of that demand, and, the, and then a substitution of it from those high-priced proteins to the low-priced ones. It's clearly the wild card because, like you said, I, I feel like everybody feels or has a handle on what's happening on the supply side of things. The wild card is on the demand side. It really is. All right, Brenda, great conversation. Thank you so much. Appreciate thank, you. Thank you very much. That is Brenda Botel. She's there at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. That's it, Davis. We're wrapping it up, buddy. It uh, again. It was a pleasure to be here in the in the Dells uh, at the Wisconsin Corn and Soybean Expo. We had a lot of fun up here. Had some great conversation. Back in the bunker tomorrow morning for the free for all.